It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, Episode 3, Playing With Passion. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, safe commute times, or maybe it's your plan time. I am Mike. I'm the lead learner and principal extraordinaire in Lansing, Illinois. And this is Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona. And we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. So let's get our classrooms to be like a punk show. Let's bring the passion, the unity, and a little DIY attitude to what we do. Yeah, and you know, just because we're in schools here and you don't need to put X's on your hands, you don't got to lace up your Doc Martens because no matter what, we all can be punks here at the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast. That's right. And so our topic today, Mike, is uh, passion and, and how passion played a role in punk rock for us as a kids and how it plays a role for us in the classroom and on our campuses. So you know what? I think about some of the shows that I went to as, as a young punk and some of the best ones were when, uh, I mean, like, punk bands had, like, three chords, man. Right. Three chords, no laser light show, no smoke right. machine. You came out, and you laid it all out on the stage. Everything you could give, you gave in that punk show. And just blistering stuff. And it wasn't about, you know, what got you sucked in as, as, a, as a kid at those shows. Wasn't some fancy light show. It wasn't some brand new spanking whatever. It wasn't the best amps that a that a band could get. It was literally like bands that put their heart on there, like cut it open and and, and let it bleed out on stage and, and let you sh- and showed you how much they were into what they were what they were doing up on stage. So what's one of your if you could think of a show that like just set you on fire? What was that show that you grew up with? Oh man, um, there, there's there's so many to be <laughs> right. Honest. I gotta say though, man, and I wrote a blog about this one. Um, we were at we were at Fireside Bowl, and we were waiting to see this band, Link Eighty, this like hardcore ska band out of uh, East Bay, California. They were coming through, and they they got late. They got lost, and you know the opening bands went through their set, and then we're all just kind of sitting around, you know, starting to sweat, just kind of standing there you're in a bowling alley crammed in there. So there's nowhere to go. And there's a local band, 88 Fingers Louie. They were all happen to be in attendance. And (laughs) next thing you see is the the four of them getting up on stage. They didn't have their equipment. They they didn't even know they were going to play. And they just ripped through three classic tunes, like just went up there and played with so much (laughs) passion and energy. I mean, and that's what it was about. It doesn't yeah. matter, you know, no, no matter any time they, they got up on stage, they knew we got people counting on us. We got people here we got to provide for. And they played with as much passion as if this was a show that they had planned, you know, for a couple of weeks. Like they were, this was going to be their, their yeah. show to, yeah. uh, performance. So that, to me, probably stuck out. I mean, like I said, Josh, there's so many. <laughs> right? <laughs> I've seen Rancid multiple times. And it's funny when you used to hear these stories about girls crying at boy band concerts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out <laughs> in my comfort zone and I'm going to admit this. I remember at one of the times I saw Rancid, some tears started flowing <laughs> down my face. It just touched me that much because they were one of those bands that really changed my life. And uh, just seeing like them 
doing what they love, not right. doing it to to get the notoriety or get famous or whatnot. Like they were doing it because they love playing music, man. And right. That just touched me because I'm like, this is genuine. So how about you? You know, being in bands, you know, when I was when I was younger, like we would try to put as much into our shows as we could, right? We would try to be Perfect. as excited, stoked, beginning to end. Like we tried to like be all out for it. And I think you and I get to experiencing that growing up. I can see how that energy and those shows impacted me in the in the classroom right when you see a band up there given they're all playing with that passion i mean night after night you yeah. know it's there, there's no way you can't get drawn into it i mean it it just brings brings life and breathes life into everyone in that venue and like you said i mean that's exactly what we need to have in our classrooms and our schools right now yeah for sure. And, and I think like as a teacher, you know, to kind of segue into our discussion about how does this apply to us in the classroom and, and how can people who are listening to the podcast and, and folks who are in the same sort of, or getting in this punk rock mind frame with us around, around teaching, like it comes into being on fire when you walk in the room, right? When right. you're like, I would tell you like, it's on fire when you hit campus, right? Cause I teach at a high school. I see kids the moment I step foot on campus, right? There's right. always kids there. Right. And that culture we create, you know, we talked about it last time, creating that scene, it comes from your attitude, you know? And, and exactly. our, our attitude has a lot to do with, you know, how you bring yourself into the classroom, right? Like I, I taught economics for a long time. Economics is called the dismal science for a reason, man. Like <laughs> right. they, there is some stuff that you, it just seems hard to, to make exciting. But I knew going in that if I didn't show how excited I was to be with those students, right? Like my seniors, how excited I was to be able to spend a semester with them that senior year, right? The last year that they're in high school that right. I get to spend that time with them, that I get to like teach them about this stuff and, and be excited about it. That excitement rubs off, man. Like even, oh, yeah. you know, we would, we would do activities where, you know, we would use Play-Doh to, to, to figure out GDP and like GDP can be super boring, man. But I tried to make sure that whenever we did something, I was excited to do it because right. if I'm not excited. They're not going to be excited. man. Exactly. Right. So I, I really think like from, from an educator standpoint, there are all sorts of things that we have to teach that might not be the most interesting thing sometimes, right? right? Sentence, right. sentence structure, you know what I mean, Mike? Like you, I'm sure is it when you were in the junior high classroom and you're like, all right, guys, we get to, we get to diagram sentences today, right? Like, right. <laughs> you know, like you have to turn it on. And, and yeah. part of what we do as educators, and maybe we don't want to, maybe like, I, we are, we're Socratic, like we are um, performers, man. Like that's part of what we do is you are, you are part of this engaging environment. And if you're not excited to be there, the kids aren't going to be excited to be there. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, I say that to, to our staff all the time. Like, you know, would, if you, would your, would your kid be interested in being in your classroom? Would you want to be in your classroom? Right? Because, you know, we've all seen it and we all have those days when you come in, it's like, oh, good morning, everyone. You just, you're just not feeling it. Well, guess what? 
everyone's gonna gonna feed off of that whether it's your teacher and it's your students or even as me as a leader of a school i mean i'm uh i'm presenting the day that this episode comes out i'll actually be presenting at the illinois principals conference in peoria awesome awesome in in one of the slides i put leaders set the pulse of the school i mean i'm not going to rehash the story i told in episode one if you haven't listened to it you can go back kind of my background and how i was reborn in administration like two years ago um but when I come in on fire, excited, I mean, you can, you see the difference in the staff here. And I'll even have staff come up to me sometimes and be like, Hey, you okay? You're more in announcements. You're not yourself today. Are you like, and they can just tell. And then their energy kind of drops, you know, my yeah. social work gives me a hard time all the time. She puts she put on my, my office door. It's going to be a rainbows and unicorns type of day because that's just how I am. Like I'm so <laughs> positive and energetic. I mean, one day um, I was, I'm always in the hallway. So I don't want to say I was out. In the hall. I'm always in the hallway and our fifth graders, our fifth graders here on campus, they rotate between teachers. We're getting them ready for middle school. Um, and then they were lining up to go into uh, Mr. Corey, one of our fifth grade teachers classrooms. And he's like, Oh, you know, yeah, we're going to, we have a quiz today. And I just went, what? A quiz? Yes. I started screaming <laughs> in the hallway and like bending my torso, looking up to the ceiling and throwing my fists in the air. And they kind of all laughed and giggled. But then I was like, are you ready? And they're, yeah, they were psyched up ready to take this quiz. Um, but it's, it's what, how we come off is going to have an effect on, on everyone. And I'm not going to lie. There's days I got to fake oh, it. for sure. I come in and I'm like, man, I want to just lock myself in my office and, and just bury myself in the paperwork or the computer. But I've noticed that when I do that, if I do it for too many days in a row, you get put in that funk or whatever. Yeah. The campus here, the staff here, it maybe not like, you know, they're not doing it purposefully, but it just unconsciously, like the whole energy kind of drops. So and I noticed too, when when you do fake it, eventually it's just gonna start coming back out natural. But yeah, you know, I, I have a saying, and I put on Twitter a few times. You know, I learned this from the when I first became an assistant principal years ago. My principal at the time, he said, "Every day is game day," and it's true. I mean, this is education. We can't we can't take a day off. Right. You know, every, our, every day is the show, man. Every day. Every yeah. day you're in the hall show, you're getting ready to crank up the amps and, and get that group of kids bouncing along with you, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, definitely. It's, it's passion is something, you know, you need to bring, because I've noticed too, if you're not bringing your passion to the, to the classroom, to your campus, I mean, you're not going to enjoy going to school every day. I mean, I never say I go to work. I mean, I, I say I go to school. I mean, to me, yeah, it's not work. I mean, yeah, it pays my bills, supports my family, but like I enjoy, you know, serving as a principal. Um, and I'm very open with my students and staff about my passions, you know, like the kids, the kids know that I love skateboarding. You know, I got my skateboard on my mobile desk at all times. I mean, the other day I was going down the hallway and out of a third grade classroom, this kid runs out in the hall and he starts screaming, Mr. Earnshaw, Mr. Earnshaw. 
I'm thinking somebody just got hurt in there, right? So I'm ready to <laughs> yeah, grab the yeah, yeah. nurse. And he's like, we're building a skate park for you. I'm like, what? So I go <laughs> in there and they had like this, the teacher, she had gotten um, from the, you know, the Amazon clear the yeah. list. Somebody had bought her this STEM activity. It was build your own skate park. And they had designed like these ramps and they had a little skateboarder and he had to go over and not knock over these. <laughs> and they said, this is you. And they were so excited about doing this, not even realizing they're actually doing like a math project, you know? Right. Um, we had a, about a month ago, our September faculty meeting, Jonathan Alzheimer, he came and spoke to our staff and he said some great examples about how he's had kids or his wife, who's also a teacher, you know, would be teaching fractions and the kids would come back like later down the road and be like, look, I didn't do well and give my all to, to do fractions because I like fractions. I did them because, you know, I like you. And yeah. when they know that you enjoy being a teacher, you enjoy being there with them. I mean, they're going to get involved and want to be a part of the classroom and the learning. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, that's key. Like I, I, and again, like you said, there are days when I'm not a hundred percent. Right. And I know that my kids can feel it sometimes and, and they'll go, Hey, Mr. Buckley, what's going on. Right. And, and so I know that for me, I've, I've got it. It's a hard line to walk as a teacher because we put so much into what we do. And so this is in no way us saying like, if you're not dead by the time the day is over that you haven't done your job as an educator, I, I don't think that's true, but you need to bring in what your passions are, right? Like I love, I love music and art. So those are two things that find themselves in my class all the time, right? So I'm always playing music at the beginning of the hour. I yeah. use music as a timing device, right? So when my kids got to work on something, I'll be like, all right, you get one Ramon song. It's about two and a half minutes, right? right, right so right. two and a half minutes to write down their quick little response to what we're talking about, or I'll say, you got two songs, right? Like five minutes for them to, to write down that response. And then I'll go, all right, turn to your neighbor shout out, tell them what it is. And, and just, I use that in my class all the time. I used to do this thing called illustrated history where I would do this giant thing on the board. I would draw it all out, like do this large piece of whatever history piece I was talking about. And, you know, trying to put as much excitement into what I'm doing when I can, right? There, right. Are, there are some times when you got to buckle down and like, all right, guys, we got to read this thing. And so reading this article might not be the most exciting thing we're going to do today. But like from my standpoint, my kids are in classes, they're 52 minutes a period, right? And so if, right. They, if they sat down and, and had a, a real sort of like blase experience the period before mine, they're going to be doubly not ready to do that same thing in right. my classroom, right? So right. We, got, we got to make sure that we, we turn it on for kids and, and that's what it's all about. So you and I reached out to our followers like always, right? We, we put yep. it up on, on the slow chat. We put one of our questions up on slow chat. Uh, and essentially the question we asked is like, how does passion play a role in your classroom and, or, or, right. on, or on your campus? And, uh, and so one of the ones we got was from Drew, Bo uh, Drew Boyce. And Drew Boyce says, at our school, we're giving staff the green light to be awesome for kids just like uh, our, our man Hamish Brewer says. We're supporting each other as we lead our own PD in areas that we're passionate about. This passion can pour into our practices and across the school. Great thing, man. Like, oh, totally. give your staff the ability to be like, hell yeah, we love this, let's go do it, right? Yep. Let them own it and run with it. Exactly, I mean, you know, and as a leader, like we can't, 
I, I like that I don't feel, I mean, you could ask my staff, maybe they feel differently, but I don't feel I like micromanage because it's not, I don't got the time for that. And then that's going to take away any authenticity or yeah. that they want to bring. So yeah, like, and I've done that a lot these past couple of, these last two years, like they got an idea. I'm like, all right, if you want to head this up, let's do it. And if it doesn't work, we end up scratching it or, you know, we'll, we'll revamp it to make it even better. Um, Robert Palazzo. I tell teachers that the what we teach has to be the same across the rooms, but the how is up to them. How can they make students love learning and ensure that they're banging on the doors each morning to come back? Also, Friday dance parties are lunch. Dude, I love that. I love, I, I, I love, I love the dance food. parties, right? <laughs> I, you know, I pride myself on, on playing music in my classroom as much as I can, making it kind of a lively environment to kickstart the hour, to end the hour when we're on our way out. And right. I love this idea of like, let's, let's do this thing. I mean, that's not only is that passion, but that's like what we talked about last time, right? Like creating that scene on your campus, creating yeah. that culture, that crew, and you're tying them all into that. We got another, uh, another response from Scott Whipple. Scott Whipple says, without passion, we get compliance. Without energy, we get the status quo. Compliance and status quo won't help us uh, struggle and grow together. Passion and energy builds motivation. Motivation is amazing, and great things are created when barriers are removed. Oh, I love that. Fantastic. I don't even have any words. I can't say any better. God said it, man. That's right. Break down that status quo, man. And I'm excited too. I just want to throw this out there. Uh, Scott's also an Illinois educator and me and him, we've been obviously, you know, connected on Twitter, but uh, he said he's coming out to uh, my session on uh, Monday at the IPA conference. So I'm excited nice. to meet, get a face-to-face finally. Um, nice. Michael Murphy. He said, bring the fire every day. Students and staff know when you're bringing your best. And that's true. I mean, students are sponges. They pick, they pick up if you're just going through the motions. Adults do too. I mean, I told you, they can tell when I, my announcements are a little off. So um, you have to bring it every day. Like, like I said earlier, sometimes you got to fake it, but um, it's got to be there, man. Every day is game day. Right, man. Like energy, energy is what it is, man. We got to be there. So I think, you know, we got to dive into passion. Uh, we'll have a blog post up about, about this. So you guys will be able to check that out. We'll share that link when we share. Uh, we'll share the links to that when, when this episode posts. So when you get this, you'll be able to check it out. Our next episode. Are you ready to talk about DIY, Mike? I think so. Oh, I'm man. I'm really passionate about is DIY. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about DIY and what that means. What does that mean for you as an educator? What does that mean for the kids in your classroom? What does that mean for the staff that you interact at on your campus? And so remember that you can follow us on Twitter at Punk Classrooms. You can follow Mike on Twitter at mearnshaw158 on Twitter, and you can follow me at Josh R. Buckley on Twitter. So you can follow us there. Uh, keep up with what's going on. We'll post some slow chat questions. Uh, so Mike, what, what do we got? Yeah. So until the next episode, I mean, when we get the slow, the slow chat questions coming out, we use the hashtag punk rock classrooms. Um, and again, you can use that to, to find, like I said, we're finally going to, uh, we're going to combine our, our blogging, expertise together and we're going to have one blog that we're going to co-author just like we co-host this so i'm excited about that and um so uh publishing companies start taking note and uh josh <laughs> before we go yeah what's been 
in your your ears this past week. All right, man. So one of the things that stood out to me that I, I went back to the well this uh, this week. I was listening to some older stuff, and I went back and I listened to the album uh, "The Shape of Punk to Come" by The Refused. One of my one of my favorite bands. Uh, one of those albums that is just classic. It, when you think about passion, right? That album, uh, you know, it's a great album, and then. Uh, you've got new noise that sick that track on that album is there's this one spot where it gets really quiet and then all of a sudden it explodes with this giant like crowd cheering and yeah. it's this giant energy moment in that song it's a great album shape of punk to come by refused and then i was listening to a little old pennywise this week and and, and try to try, i was going back a little bit to my old catalog and checking some stuff out so right. how about you sir what have you been listening to yeah, well, I'll tell you right now, on my way home from uh, school today, I'm definitely putting on that Refuse album. <laughs> I think they have a new one coming out because I've noticed on Spotify. They did. They do have one out right now, a couple new songs on it. So. Yeah. So, but what I've been listening to is, well, shameless um, plug for myself is on the Sunday, I ran the Chicago Marathon. So Congratulations, you know, sir. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was my fifth one. So it's kind of like, you know, when uh, families have babies after the first one. No <laughs> one anymore. Did you run the whole thing? I had some walking breaks. It was a rough one for me, man. But, uh, this, this Still, was, dude, uh, that's a big mar- That's a big amount of miles. Yeah, I don't know I about really that. I appreciate it. But, um, <laughs> so I had my, my playlist on there with like 300-something songs. You know, you're going for four hours. Right. And uh, throughout the playlist, it was kind of cool. It was a lot of like 90s epitaph fat record bands coming nice. out. Nice. Cole, Pennywise, Voodoo Glow Skulls. Um, a lot of Blue Meanies came up, which was kind of weird because they're a Chicago band. But – you when you were on fall break yeah you put a, you put a tweet out there with with a riff that was very helmet ass oh yeah 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 <laughs> and then the other day greg bruno he referenced helmet in a tweet so i've been listening to a lot of oh, old man the- you know what's cool is when they came out i was young you know yeah but listening to it now and everyone says like oh helmet was such a huge influence on all these other bands now that i'm older and wiser, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You're influencing all these other. Oh, yeah, man. Like corn. I'm like, man, corn. I remember when I read, like, oh, corn was influenced by Helmet. I'm like, no way. They're so different. But just the riffs now. Right, like, right. I totally hear it. So, yeah, a lot of Helmet lately. Oh, um, man. That, that Aftertaste album and Betty are two of my favorite albums. Yeah, I did. I put a little Rifttober action up on Twitter. I just messed around with my guitar and stuff. Well, dude, I am super stoked. Uh, You know what? I think folks can give us that rating on iTunes. Yes, definitely. Uh, Give us that rating. Give us those five stars. Yeah, share it with, uh, you know, share it with your PLN, text them or uh, tweet them about it. Uh, Let people know about the show. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. And you ready for that next episode? Next episode, DIY. Ready. Little DIY. Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you at the show. Peace.